previously on Lost. It really is Lost's version of Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. They both seem like Sawyer-esque, but with no like saving graces. Yeah, they're just, they're just trash. Great little scene of Nikki opening her eyes right as the uh, sand falls on her. And fuck it, Nikki and Paolo are dead, man. No, James was right. James Wan directed Saw. Lee, or Lay, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Wanel, wrote it, and he was the guy who's not Carrie Yule's in the room. He also acted in it. Terrible actor. But he went a very different direction because his last horror movie, as I recall, was the Elizabeth Moss uh, Invisible Man. So very interesting the different directions the two Saw guys have gone in terms of their horror movies. I actually rewatched the first Saw movie recently. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking good, to be honest with you. Um, I've never seen it. I should. Really? Yeah. No, should. Didn't we see it together? No, that wasn't me. It's it's worth watching. Got it's got Michael Emerson. Oh shit! And it also has uh, another actor, Ken Leung, who uh, will be in Lost eventually. Do you think Malignant was that bad twin? <laughs> Could be. Could does the be. does the script for Bad Twin like was that for sale eventually or something? Yeah, they sold. It was a book. It wasn't a script. Oh, okay. um, it was a book. But yeah, I it was supposed to be one of the worst things ever written. I can't believe you've never seen the first Saw. That that really surprises me. Time to play a game. Time to play a game. <laughs> and the game is do the Lost podcast. Let's do the Lost podcast because this is the Ya Lost Me podcast. My name's Ben. That's Spencer. We talk about Lost one episode at a time. I've seen it a whole bunch. Spencer's never seen it before. And tonight, we talk about Season 3, Episode 15, Left Behind. It's a Kate episode. And we get uh, a pretty significant flashback crossover. And again, they give us like a very distinct moment where they're like, just so you guys know, Kate doesn't know it's Sawyer. Mm-hmm, <laughs> they mm-hmm. have to really spell it out for us. So I know that uh, Kate episodes have not been your favorite. They're not anyone's favorite. <laughs> what do no. you, you think of this one? It kind of reminded me of the essential kind of weakness at the heart of Kate's backstory. Like going back to what Kate did, what she does is so like slipshod in her opsec to yeah. almost like demand that she's gonna get hunted down. Yeah, um, right. Like she told her mom she did it. <laughs> Even if her mom wasn't gonna go turn her in, like the cops would go talk to her mom and her mom is just like some fucking waitress in Iowa. She would crack in a minute. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think for for her character as far as Kate flashbacks go, that confrontation with her mom was interesting enough to like make that explicit how her mom sees it, but yeah, the whole the Cassidy crossover, is that her name? Yeah. I can't imagine that really doing it for anyone and I don't think yeah. it really did it for me. Yeah, it's it's a little weak. It it just feels a little forced. Yeah. The scene with her mom in the bathroom, it is like a admittedly simplistic but still pretty brutal depiction of like a certain view of domestic violence yeah of like her mom just sort of admitting like yeah he he hit me but i still loved him and nothing was going to change that like yeah i mean that's a pretty like tv special point of view but that's the one part of it i found pretty effective is like how much that's just like shatters kate 
that like despite the fact that this guy like slapped her mom around he she still sided with him over her it seems as true to life as anything in kate's backstory yeah uh, so i'd agree that that would that was definitely effective as you said she she reveals to her mom like the next day or maybe still that night i think she takes her bike directly from the house explosion to the diner and she she delivers the insurance policy on the house she's like i protected you uh i think you looking back at that I think you have to read it like in that moment, she really is like giving her mom an ultimatum like, hey, actually choose me and protect me or don't. Yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, she gets her answer pretty quick. And th- in this flashback, like she she goes back to get kind of the same answer uh, again. True. Um, one thing also from the from the bathroom scene that's worth sort of a connection to a previous episode uh, if you recall, in the first season, I believe it's the episode Born to Run, the episode where Kate's childhood friend dies in the, or childhood boyfriend, whatever, dies in the little car crash. Kate, when she walks into her mom's hospital room, her mom immediately stops, starts screaming, which uh, is the connection to this is that she says, next time I see you, I'm going to yell for help. Oh, okay. Ah. So. I loved uh, Cassidy in that first scene trying to do the necklace scam alone. Yeah. yeah. And that just like Hick, just like, duh, these look fake. I'm going <laughs> to call the cops. But like, <laughs> that's, uh, as far as we saw last time, that's a two person con. Yeah, it's a pretty obvious two person con. You have to have someone who says they're going to buy the necklaces. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, she just seems like, I don't know, some like crazy homeless woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then. Cassidy, you know, she says she also was wronged by a bad guy and so yep. joins uh, Kate in uh, sisterhood. Girls get it done together. <laughs> girls, girls really rule. Cassidy helps out. Uh, she does the, the other classic con, which is the <laughs> imposter Kate selling Bibles from a case. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Is that a thing that really happens, selling Bibles? I feel like missionaries usually just give away bibles right like that's how you get bibles door to door you don't sell bibles well there's this old bible selling con where you you find a widow like a war widow in the town you're at and you go to her and you say hey your husband ordered these before he died uh embossed Hmm. with your name don't you want to buy it interesting there are Bible cons, is what I'm saying. I just don't think they've really been in practice since, like, the 1930s. It's sort of in keeping with Lost's view of what a con man is, right? Yes. Like, yes. Every, every con man in Lost is from, like... They're from Paper Moon. Yeah. Kate not being very chill when she uh, suggests that Cassidy call the cops and have him locked up. Have Sawyer locked up, that is. She's being a real Karen there. She's being a real Karen. <laughs> Thinking about the crossovers, the thing that is least imaginable to me in Lost right now is Kate and Sawyer having a conversation where they realize they both know Cassidy and just going like, wait, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> how did this, how did we... It's weird how on a show where there are smoke monsters and time travel that actually connecting those uh, character threads is seems like the least possible thing. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
nothing in Lost is, I shouldn't say nothing in Lost is done just because, but because yeah. some, some things certainly are. Mm-hmm. But th- there is a plan, and, and things, things do come to fruition in ways that you might not be expecting. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we should start with Locke having... Sorry, I'm laughing because before you logged on, I was listening to <laughs> the Slipknot song, Left Behind, <laughs> which I really just wanted to be playing in the background the whole time. Probably my favorite, probably my favorite Slipknot song. Uh, not a huge not fan or anything, but what is Left Behind? Was that like a book series that that multiple attempts so have been Left made? Left Behind to? was Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. So Tim LaHaye was like a big figure in like the '80s moral majority. Like he was with Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson and all those guys. And he, Jerry B. Jenkins, was a writer of, like, airport thrillers who happened to also be a hardcore fundamentalist Christian. And Left Behind is the both the title of the first book and then also the overall series title for, like, a 15- or 20-part series about the Book of Revelations coming true in our Earth circa yeah. 1997. Um, it goes all the way from the rap to the second coming and the thousand year earth and all that. Um, yeah. I've actually read about a hundred pages of the first book. It's pretty unreadable um, uh-huh. just in terms of like prose, uh, very bad, but yeah, they have made two separate attempts to make it movie series. There was one in like the early two thousands with, with Kurt Cameron. Um, and those were like made for TV movie quality. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of production values. And then I believe they made one that only covered like a hundred pages worth of the first book starring, I want to say starring Nicolas Cage. Let me check that. Yeah. In 2014, they made one starring Nicolas Cage and Chad Michael Murray. Okay. They gotta, they gotta start making a, like a mass market thrillers for Christians again. Yeah. I tried to uh, find Turner Diaries uh, online Ooh. in paperback. Couldn't find it. I've read some, like, just, like, the introduction to it, I think. Mm-hmm. I started, um, I've read about a third of Spencer Ackerman's new book, um, The Reign of Terror, about the terror, the, like, the American response to 9-11 and mm-hmm. connection to Trump and January 6th and all that. Very good. And the first sort of prologue is about how the response to the Oklahoma City bombing was explicitly just to criminalize Muslim terror, even though uh, obviously that was white supremacist terror. Um, That's so very interesting. Good, very good book. Very worth reading. Let's see. Where were we? Kate is left behind. Kate's left behind, waking up in the, in the game room. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. she tries to get one over on Juliet, but Juliet's got some advanced karate training. And, uh, yeah, yeah, just lays her out. And then, of course, Locke comes, and he's got a little cut on his hand. Ooh. Oh, shit. Did you miss Wait, that? Yeah. I did miss he's it. He's got a bandage on his hand. Did we see anything no. last? Oh, okay, so maybe he was punching his dad. <laughs> we'll see, I guess. <laughs> just slapping him around. Yeah, I think it's been a long time coming, uh, at least going back to some of those Ben Linus in the Hatch interactions 
that Locke would become an other. Yeah. In a true believing way that Jack wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I'm so glad it's finally happened. You're you're absolutely right. And I remember at the time that like this idea that like Locke was going to switch sides or what as as it were was very much like sort of a when is it going to happen? So that is is fun. And then we end up with some gas canisters. All the others wearing gas masks, <laughs> looking pretty cool. We get that kind of note of disappointment in in Locke's uh, voice before that when uh, he's like, and then they told me what you did. And they're not very forgiving types. What a and fucker. Like, yeah, Locke. He's just jealous that, like, she would do fratricide where he was just kind of like a puppy dog tailing him. Yeah, right. Well, that's exactly it, right? Like, Kate, this, like, 95-pound, 19-year-old girl fucking blew up her dad. And Locke, this huge dude, just, like, fucking groveled at him for, yeah. his, for like, eight years until he got pushed out of a fucking <laughs> building. Yeah. Tend to your own garden, your own dad garden first, Locke. Yeah. Why do the others gas everyone in camp and then uh, handcuff Kate and Juliet and put them in the woods? Well, remember, they didn't put Juliet and Kate in the woods. Juliet did that. Okay. Remember at the end, she says, I thought if you thought we were in this together. But why they gassed everyone in camp, I don't know. It's her. I mean, she learned from the best, right? She learned from Ben about playing mind games. I learned it from watching you, man. Pretty, pretty gnarly uh, fight with yeah. the cuffs on and Juliet getting her shoulder fucked up. And, uh, you know, some good smoke monster stuff. <laughs> Juliet really could have turned around and been like, Kate, I will prove it to you that they don't like me here. They gave me a weird back tattoo that we're never going <laughs> to hear about again. <laughs> yeah, the monster, the monster's back. In the map in the hatch that Locke found, the like uh, one of the notes is known Cerebus activity. Yeah. Uh, and this was sort of one of the shots where you can most clearly see sort of three distinct pillars coming from the smoke monster. So oh, okay. that is probably where the nickname comes from. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not super clear, but it's, it's, it, there are definitely three sort of heads, if you were. Uh, when when it when it hits into the into the sonic fence, it's clear that since we last saw Old Smokey, uh, it's taken up taken up a little uh, hobby uh, with the with the photography. It's uh, yep. It's going to art school for, for art school to take pictures. Do. That's like a light flicker thing that we kind of saw with Echo. Yep. Think? Okay. Sort of similar to that. Yeah, it's a little more because it's dark. I think it's a little more distinct. Yeah. I guess the other sort of big personal thing is that Juliet tells Kate that Jack saw her and Sawyer banging in the yeah. uh, <laughs> in the cages. That's embarrassing. You don't want yeah, that to happen. Not what you want. I was trying to recall when Juliet says that you know he left you in the cages because you broke his heart. Is she deliberately lying to Kate there, or is she just telling Kate her own interpretation? I think more the second. Yeah. We saw him secure Kate's exit from the cages. Well, from the cages, but she, she, I think Juliet's more saying that's why she to- he told you not to come back for him. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I see. Um, which is sort of a mix of things. Like, it probably is partially because she broke his heart, but also because 
he wanted to, you know, get off the island and come back for everyone, including her. I love to hate Jack, but in that point, it's like, okay, if that's true about you, man, you're you're a dickhead. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't don't hold that against her. Yeah. Um, and anyway, eventually they get back. They find Jack and Saeed, and uh, despite what Saeed and Kate want, Juliet's going back with them. So kind of as Locke becomes another, Juliet becomes a losty. And, of course, there would be ample reason to worry that there's a little Among Us happening. A little, little Among Us? Juliet is sus. <laughs> Ju- Juliet's sus. Poster. Among Us. <laughs> Great B-plot. Hurley's like, uh, he's being a real, like, Varus from Game of yeah, Thrones. It's a like, very, good, uh, the, very good analogy. The scheming eunuch. Like, I want to I wanna see him, like, in a reveal back in, uh, like, episode one, just lightly suggesting to Locke how much of a leader he could be. Yeah. He's good, he's good Varus, though, right? He's, he's Varus with a heart of gold. And, yeah, that's and we true. assume testicles. Instead of mostly manipulating, it's just like 95% hanging yeah. and like 5% manipulation. Yeah, and even when he's manipulating, he's also just hanging. This was a pretty funny one. I like to, though lost B-plots are usually pretty self-contained, this one, the Sawyer injunction against uh, calling people names is still in effect, right? So even in the light beach stuff, they really are like, there. there is plot development across episodes which is fun yeah. classic sawyer with aaron hey there little baby claire i think uh do you think aaron thinks people can't change <laughs> oh yeah aaron i used to be a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> sawyer is the leader of the dangerous knights sloppy boar uh, yeah, sloppy, at the, at the sloppy beach boar steaks at the beach they they can't <laughs> stop us from ordering a boar from ordering some boar and a plate of seawater slopping it up i really hope he does get a turn as leader that would be cool character development that would be an exciting change but with with jack seemingly all yeah. the way back uh, who knows the end of season three is definitely a turning point in Lost, and the, the, the way the show works changes going forward um, in terms of sort of how the groups shake out. So um, be on the lookout for, for lots of different roles for different people. Man, I just, I just love Sawyer. Sure, sure, the best. I love his hair in this episode with the, like, hat, with the half pony. Mm-hmm. Would the Lost characters have seen the show Survivor? Survivor started in 2001, so... Okay. Uh, 2000, actually. It was, it was pre-9-11. Um, all right. Uh, unless there's anything else, next week we have an episode called One of Us. It's a Juliet episode. Uh, it's, right. it's pretty good. It, it's one I'm looking forward to seeing again. I haven't seen it in a while. So. Um, yeah, I can, I can imagine the forum posts of, like, uh, why are we spending more time with Juliet? But uh, I like yeah, Juliet. Yeah, I think Juliet's an interesting character. She's a really compelling, like, well-acted addition. Elizabeth Mitchell is, is pretty good in this role. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, if you like the podcast, let us know. Tell your friends about it. And we will talk to you guys next week.